Well, if you have a Bible with you, um, turn to Luke chapter 1, and then while you do that, if you would, find Matthew chapter 1 in your Bibles. There are Bibles on the welcome table if you want to grab one, but this morning in our special Christmas Eve service, we're going to put all the focus, all the spotlight on Jesus. He's the only one that's worthy of it, deserved of it. Uh, because he is the reason for this Christmas season that we celebrate. And I've titled this Christmas message, God with Us. And I just, I need some participation here kind of quickly, and I'm going to include the kids in this as well. Um, And so if you have an answer to that, just shoot up your hand and and say it, and we're going to see who sort of comes the closest. Without doing a Google search, this obviously applies to the adults and not to the kids. How many babies do you think are born in this world every day? Who's got a guess? Henry? A billion? Okay. Who else? Who, who else has a guess? One million. Sorry, Autumn. 1,200? 100? In our world every day, how many babies are born? 15,000, okay. Oh, man, I love that. Anybody else? 180,000? 100? 400? Okay. So closest was actually Bob. Here's the Google answer, okay? I don't know these things. I had to look it up myself, but... Around 385,000 babies are born in our world every single day. We're not talking about in a year. We're talking about one day in our world. So break it down even further. That means every single hour, 16,041 babies. Every hour. That means every minute, 267 babies. So just since we've started, since we've started our worship service, There are like 8,000 babies that have been born in our world. About four babies every second. That's a lot of babies, right? It's a whole lot of babies. And to put that in perspective, it can be staggering to wonder, and we, we can only wonder, with the current estimate of our world population being at about 8 billion people, How many people have been born into our world uh, over the last thousands of years since Adam and Eve started having kids? It's a lot of of babies. So what makes the birth of one specific baby that came into this world a little over 2,000 years ago something so special, so amazing, so defining that we would still celebrate his birth? And not just celebrate it, but have a whole season dedicated to his birth every year. Thousands of songs have been written about him. How many millions of times these songs have been sung every year by young and old. Now I want us to take sort of a chronological approach. I I enjoy doing this every Christmas. I love to get sort of the fullness of the Christmas story. And I'm purposefully excluding the part about the wise men only because if we're talking specifically about his birth, 
that part came later on, okay? So if you're wondering, Jared, why didn't you break, why didn't you add the, because in our mind, the, the nativity scene is the wise men and the shepherds, and it's like, but really, his, really, they came a little later. So uh, don't freak out if you don't hear that part. But we're going to get the scoop about Jesus' birth, see why he's so important, and we're going to switch back and forth, but we're also going to show it on the screen. So if you feel like you're starting to lose your place and you're getting panicked that you're not going to get there quick enough, don't worry, it's going to be on the screen as well. So uh, starting in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, we read this. In the sixth month, just so you know, the, the, the marker here is the sixth month of, of uh, Mary's relative Elizabeth's pregnancy with John, okay? So now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, her who was called barren, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, holding your place there in Luke, Matthew chapter 1, we're going to read a section of verses here. Starting in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, getting into the actual birth account, 
uh, back to Matthew, I'm sorry, back to Luke, uh, uh, Luke, I keep messing up, Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. Any of you kids, can you, can you say Quirinius? Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, which is not like a premier luxury blanket. This was like literally strips of cloth that they were able to kind of get and, and wrap around him. Strips of cloth. And laid him in a manger, literally a feeding trough, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which are told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. I love getting the fullness of the the birth account that way. And I don't know about you, but reading Luke chapter two like that and just sort of one sitting and one reading, uh, maybe for you also reminds us of of Linus in the Charlie Brown Christmas movie when Charlie Brown's just like all, he's just all worked up. He doesn't know what Christmas is about. He's struggling. He's seeing the little psychologist girl at the booth and nothing's working out for him. He just, he's all worked up and Linus is just like, boom, lays it out, recites Luke chapter two from memory, this whole passage, tells Charlie Brown, what Christmas is all about. And, and for us, we can kind of be the same way. We navigate life and we come to these seasons of time each year and, and it, it, the automatic is to make it about a bunch of things that it actually isn't about. It's so easy. We can come to those same places. We might not 
have the same sort of consternation maybe as Charlie Brown, but we can wonder, what, what is this? What, what are we doing here? What is Christmas about? And to be reminded that it is always, has been about Jesus. Without Jesus, there is no Christmas. And as I told you early on, the title I've given this message is God with us, because that's what Emmanuel means. God with us. Our world today, and especially within the realm of retail, has made Christmas about presents, right? What you get, what you give, what's under the tree. Presents, it's not. You are so right. You are so, dude, I should just, uh, you should have been up here with me, Wyatt. I love that. That's so good. It's not about presents. It's about his presence, E-N-C-E, right? That God came here to be with us. And we need to be reminded of that. We need Wyatt, like, just telling us, dude, like, get your act together. It's about Jesus, right? I love that. Uh, check out again Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. This is where we find the angel speaking to Joseph. And don't you love it that anytime an angel shows up, they have to go like, hey, don't be afraid. Like every single time. Like, hey, it's great. The angel just shows up all pumped. It's like every situation, the angel's just like, yo, it's awesome. God's doing something. And every person just like freaks out, has to be calmed down. Like, it's okay, let's talk this out. Um, so verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural thing that's happening here. She will bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated what, kids? God with us. Good job. I put you right on the spot and you delivered. These things were specific and extremely intentional on God's end. Right? He was to be named Jesus, right? The angel comes to Mary and tells what his name's going to be. The angel comes to Joseph, tells what his name is going to be. It was going to be Jesus and that he was going to save his people from their sins. So we see here that Jesus came into this world for a very specific purpose, the name Jesus comes from the Hebrew name Joshua, which means God is salvation. God is salvation. So Jesus' name spoke of who he was, of what he would do. So this wasn't any ordinary baby. This wasn't any ordinary birth story. Verse 23 tells us that this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And the prophet this is referring to is the prophet Isaiah. 
who prophesied about 700 years before Jesus was ever born. I mean, anyone could have a kid and go, this kid's the Messiah. This kid's going to save us from our sins. This kid's going to be great. But I have nothing to back that up with. These prophecies were here. They were put in place. They were spoken hundreds of years before. So that when it happened, we would believe. When it happened, we would have concrete evidence to go, this was God doing it. This isn't someone making something up. Everything that had to be lined up from where Jesus was born. Micah tells us it was going to be in Bethlehem. All of a sudden, this report goes out, this this, um, census goes out. You've got to come home. Now, all of a sudden, instead of Jesus being born in Nazareth, he was born in Bethlehem, where he was supposed to be born prophetically. Born of a virgin. That wasn't a normal thing. That doesn't happen every day. That doesn't happen at all. And yet all these things spoken about Jesus were fulfilled to the T. Nothing left undone. Everything prophetically spoken about the first advent, the first coming of the Messiah, was fulfilled by Jesus. Being of the line of Judah. Coming from David's line even, within the tribe of Judah. But that prophecy of Isaiah, as we find in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. There are a lot of prophecies we could reference that speak of the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus. Just one other one I'll show you. Isaiah 9, verse 6. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Born of a virgin, called Emmanuel, God with us. Being called wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The government being upon his shoulders, having a kingdom that will have no end. Micah tells us that this one who would come would be of old from everlasting. He's the ancient one. Pre-existed before he was ever born as a human being into this world. These things, along with what we looked at in the angelic messages brought to Mary and Joseph, make it clear that Jesus was Messiah. He was king. He was God. And you think about the wise men later on, once Jesus is maybe a little bit older, he's in his home, and they followed a star. They've come from a faraway land in the east, and they've come Specifically, it tells us to worship, to worship this child. That's not a normal thing. You don't come to worship a person, especially a baby you've never met. And that was the 
that was their whole goal. We're coming here to worship this child and to bring him these gifts. Which just show us that this child was different. And in fact, really didn't need a gift given to, to him because he was God's gift to humanity, to this world. Most of us know the most famous sort of non-Christmas Christmas passage in the Bible, right? Even non-believers know this passage, or at least part of it. John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. A Christmas passage. Who's Jesus? God. God's gift to us. A gift of love. The Savior of mankind. That's who Jesus is. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That Jesus came into this world, God in human flesh, to be with us. Now, I don't know if you've looked at the world recently, but we're not that great a lot of times. Not really. Why would he want to dwell with us? Why? Because he loves us. Because he wanted to save us. He knew that this sin problem existed, and the only way to solve it was to give himself for us. I was trying to put it in like in my mind, like what would it be like for us to think of it in, in our terms? And, and maybe we could go, oh, like, okay, to reach ants, we have to become an ant. You know, you, you, get, you maybe put it in your mind in some sort of term of like something very small and seemingly insignificant and, and passes away quickly, maybe doesn't have a lot of value in the eyes of others. But it's, it goes beyond that. If we were to put it in those terms of, of, of what it would mean for God to become man, it, it's more than just like us in our minds thinking, oh, I would become an ant to reach the ants. No, it would be like becoming an ant and then dying as an ant for the ants. God became man to be here with us, not just so he could go, look at how great I am. And then he just zooms back to heaven. He became man, and then he died as a man here to reach us, to show us the love that the Father has for us. And this good news is great joy for all people, young and old, man and woman, the highly regarded, the outcast, the rich, the poor. It's for those who know that they need Jesus and for those who don't even want to have anything to do with Jesus. And this good news of Jesus has been coming into this world now, uh, the good news of Jesus coming into this world has been proclaimed now for over 2,000 years. And this good news means everything for you and me. It means everything for you and me to know that God was with us. And to know that he didn't, Leave us and then leave us without, like, okay, now he was with us, but now we're just on our own. He, he 
went to heaven and he goes, look, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to leave you my spirit. I'm going to give you my spirit. So in a sense, God is still with us because the Holy Spirit and every person who puts their faith in Jesus has now God not just with us, but God in us. We couldn't have greater access, greater closeness than we have because of what Jesus has provided. God with you and me. God with you in your circumstances. God with you when everything stinks. When life's hard, when you're grieving and you're sad and you're feeling depressed, when you're on a, the high and everything's going great, God with you still today. All of that possible because Jesus stepped out of heaven and into our world. So when we think of it in those terms, man, Christmas is so much greater than even the songs that we sing. It's so much greater even than what we could think in our minds is the greatest part about, about Christmas. It's even greater than that because Jesus is the gift that keeps giving. Right? He keeps giving. He keeps giving of himself. But he keeps giving his free gift of salvation to any who will believe. Any who will believe. And this morning, it wouldn't be a real Christmas service if we didn't have that opportunity for people to put their faith in Jesus Christ, to know that Jesus, again, didn't come just so he could be among us and then go, peace out, guys, I'm going back to my Father. You're on your own again. He's like, no, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to take care of this sin problem. I'm going to be nailed there in your place. I'm going to become your substitute. I'm going to bear your sin. I'm going to bear your guilt. I'm going to bear your shame. So that you and I could just put our faith in Jesus and receive his salvation. So I'm going to have the worship team come back up. But in closing, you know, those of you who know Jesus personally, you have a relationship with him. That doesn't exempt us from dealing with hard stuff. We go through hard things. Christmas can be a real bummer season for people. You think about who's not here who's not around, the things that you're struggling with. And, and to know that this reality, this Emmanuel, God with us, what that means for you and me today, God with you. God with you. And if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, God in you. Not just with you, not just coming alongside you, in you. For you. But, but if you've joined us today and you don't have a personal saving relationship with Jesus Christ, the reality of God with us isn't so that we could just look and admire. Wow, how great that the Father gave his Son. Wow, that's pretty special. And then just leave the gift there. The point of the gift is that the gift is to be received. Jesus came not so that we could look admiringly from afar and go, wow, he was great, did great things, said a lot of great things, treated people really well, he really loved people really great. But so that we would see that Jesus wants us. He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to put our trust in him. 
And so I want to give that invitation this morning as we close in prayer here before the, the time of song. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that you sent your son. You loved us so much. And Lord, your love for us drove you to send your son here into the mess of our world. Not to be born into royalty, into comfort, but to be born into poverty, where there was no room for him even at his birth. And Lord, you did that so that you could be every person's savior, Lord. There's not one person who can look at you and go, oh, he's the savior for some, but not the savior for me. Lord, you are the savior for all. And this morning, God, I pray that as we're in this time of prayer, Lord, that you would be softening hearts. God, you'd be opening blind eyes. Lord, you'd, you'd help people to see that, Lord, you desire them. You want to save them. You want to forgive them of their sins. God, you want to not just have them know that you are with them, but God, you did all that so that we could be with you forever. And so if that's anybody in here today and you're going, look, like I need my sins forgiven. I, I want not just God with me or I, I see God from afar, but God, I want you in me. I want that relationship with you. I want to know that I'm going to be with you for all eternity. If that's you, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you this morning? If that's anybody in here and you're going, that's me. I, I want to make a decision for Jesus Christ today. Anyone at all? Lord, you know every heart. You know where each person is at. God, here in this room, those that may be joining even online. That Lord, maybe for some today, they're going, that's me. Just encourage you that you would humble yourself before the Lord. That you'd repent of your sin. You'd confess your sin to him. That you would just in your own heart, just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Jesus, would you save me? Would you cleanse me? Would you save me? Would you seal me with your Holy Spirit? God, thank you that you loved me so much that you gave your life for me upon that cross. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again. Jesus, I put my trust in you today. I just encourage you, if you've done that, the Bible says that you will be saved, not because of something you've done. It's by grace that we're saved through faith. But Lord, as we just sing these songs of praise to you, as we respond to your word, as we respond to this reality of God with us, Lord, not only would it transform how we sing, how we worship, but Lord, how we approach this Christmas season, Lord, how we approach those around us and see those around us, Lord. God, we thank you. We love you. Jesus, we're so just, Lord, blown away by how good you are. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.